Hello and welcome to another episode of Dot the Doc. I'm Ian, your host. I'm joined again by Matt. Hello. Hi, everyone. Today we're talking about episode five of Tiger King. I, I can't believe we've made it this far. I know, it's, man. It's been a long haul. It's, it's incredible. It's like an incredible documentary. And this episode just makes it kind of seem even more like that. I mean, um, it's a so, it's a dark episode, man. As as yeah. as this series has gone, like there's some really like I suppose the subject matter you could look at as quite dark anyway. Um, but there's yeah. a lot of kind of funny moments um, and just quite joyous moments um, and just there's always something going on. But like, yeah, this one, whoa, like very very dark. <laughs> There's a couple of times in this episode I like pretty much shouted like "What the fuck" at the <laughs> at the screen yeah. just watching it because um, I've I've seen the first four episodes already because we we as we said like, last episode we tried to do this in two parts um, so I'd seen everything up to this point so this is the first fresh episode I haven't seen um, and I was surprised about it just it just blew my mind yeah there's there and there is there's a lot to talk about in this episode. <laughs> Before we crack on, actually, uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about um, that we found out this week. Um, so, Jeff Lowe, uh, the guy who was talking quite a lot about towards the end of the last episode, uh, the really cool guy. Oh, yeah, um, that guy. Yeah, the guy with... <laughs> yeah. The beard, the uh, clothes. So cool. The beard, the clothes. Um, <laughs> yeah, him wearing his outfit. Um, he has been reported on like a lot of uh, blog sites and stuff saying that Netflix are going to release a new episode this week um, of Tiger King. So there's seven episodes of Tiger King and they're releasing one more supposedly this week. From from um, from what I've read it says um, it says Friday um, but I'd say take, take, take that with a grain of salt. One because the sources I've read have only come from Jeff um, I've I've not read anywhere that Netflix have actually stated that this is going to be the case, um, and I imagine if it was going to be put out to the public, I'd I would imagine that Netflix would have a hand in it, um, not just Jeff. Um, but I also <laughs> hear that Jeff is uh, trying to start another zoo, um, so it could be a little bit of a marketing tool for him maybe uh, um but i, I we'll, we'll see i guess we'll see anyway uh oh yeah and just before i move on i also heard that there's rumors that it could be a, a reunion show as far as i can tell like i've heard rumors that that's what the show could be it's like almost like a kind of a post reaction to the series like what people are doing now it's kind of like just a brush up yeah so, i mean that could be it, that could be interesting um yeah you know dep- depending again where it goes um and you know we get to see where people are see what happens i guess yeah. like um and lastly this is tragic news for me like and i feel so silly after after last episode because what i'm about to say is it's it destroys me to to say this what are you going to say that joe exotic yeah doesn't sing his own song oh no oh man you mean <laughs> i was right this oh yeah so i found out that um i'll, I'll link it in like we'll link uh what we just talked about in the show notes but 
I found out through um, Cosmopolitan of all places. It just popped up on my Facebook feed, like as a sponsored ad thing. Um, and they said, like, oh, Joe Exotic doesn't sing his own songs, and he didn't write them. Oh wow! <laughs> so, so what happened was, um, was it Vanity Fair investigated? They did like some digging and stuff because there was a lot of people on like Twitter and stuff. Everybody had the same idea as us at the beginning, mm-hmm. saying that can't be it him. Seems, it seems too good to be true because yeah. I've I have him on. I have I watch it subtitled this this show because I do find Joe kind of hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes. Especially in this episode, I was I was actually um, going to mention that. Like I found in this episode, I mean, obviously we'll go into more, but he appeared. He came off as if as if he was drunk, a lot of the time. Yeah, um, but again, we, we can go into that more with the kind of subject matter that comes comes through this episode. Um, yeah, we don't spoil it, but I mean, everybody who's listened to this may have watched it already. Hopefully, because yeah. we're. But I mean, the way we kind of talk about the episodes, you essentially don't need to watch it because we go through every single point bit by bit pretty much so on cosmopolitan they said like yeah according to vanity fair who did some digging the musicians responsible for joe's tracks are uh the clinton johnson band right uh that's vince johnson and vocalist danny clinton um and both men are listed in the tiger king credits and i looked into um well i basically read the rest of the article (laughs) and um and Joe had contacted them to do some songs for uh, the reality TV show. So when he was shooting with uh, Rick Kirkham, yeah. um, he contacted them to do some shows, uh, no, do some shows, to do some songs about uh, like him. And they thought, oh, it'd be good exposure for them because <laughs> he didn't pay anything to them. Oh, um, wow. So, so he did, um, yeah, they, a couple of the songs that are featured in this are uh, done by them, done by the uh, Clinton Johnson band. Um, and they said, like, oh, yeah, because they nothing happened with the TV show. Um, they looked into, um, they thought, oh, well, we'll just type it in Google. See, you know, Joe Exotic and Google. <laughs> um, like on, and they found on, like, a YouTube video of him just miming along to the songs and claiming them that he's uh, they're his own. So, well... Oh man, that's um. I mean, really, w- when you really think about it, like, I, I, I guess it makes sense. Like, I, it was our first kind of initial thought, anyway. Um, yeah. But even more, when you really think about it, you would think to yourself, okay, if if Joe was in any kind of money trouble, and he, and there's no doubt that is a good singing voice. Um, you know, I'm sure there would be a way of making money out of that. Um, especially in, in, in the United States where country music is absolutely huge. Um, so yeah, I guess really the more you think about it, uh, it does kind of make sense, but equally quite disappointing. Yeah. I was, I was surprised. I mean, just after last week where we was discussing like, Oh, we've seen him sing now. So we, we know it's legit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, never mind. Oh, sorry, listeners. Yeah. Like, just as we find out, like some kind of anything, it seems to get just contradicted <laughs> in the next episode. So, oh man, never mind. But we hold our hands up. We were fooled. We were fooled. Yeah, I mean, so... uh, and sadly as well. Like, like uh, at the start of this whole thing, 
I was I was really really uh, backing Joe, um, and it's just it seems the more I find out, the more I'm kind of like, oh man, you're not. He's not as much of the underdog as 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 first thought and as first portrayed. Um, yeah, just a bit disappointing. It kind of unravels as it goes on, yeah. doesn't it? It kind of goes from rooting for him to thinking, hey, maybe it's kind of we've been fooled or like overall. It, it just, but the it, thing it is, just feels... you're blindsided by his personality. Aren't Exa- you? Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's, it's so. smoke and mirrors completely. Um, and yeah, it's just a bit disappointing. Um, and it, it just comes, it comes across at least to me anyway, that, that, that Joe was possibly exploiting, or well, it looks very much like Joe was exploiting more than just tigers, um, exploit, exploiting people too. Um, and yeah, just, uh, yeah, just a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into the episode. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the episode opens with, uh, Doc Ansel uh, talking about throwing a chimp birthday party. Um, <laughs> and I was like, well, what is that? Like, I mean, I, I didn't think it was an actual like birthday party for chimps. Um, I thought it would be like him taking like a chimp to like a kid's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's like it's him just talking about his social media and saying that his social media is the most unique uh social media out there for like zoos and you know they do loads of crazy stuff Mm -hmm. and uh yeah like it's um well not raking the millions but it's uh it's there's like millions and millions of views a week and you know people are like loving it um and uh yeah, I just, I don't know, it's such a random thing to start. I feel like he's really trying to push this, like, his social media thing now. Because, you know, last episode he was like, kind of, oh, Carol, Carol got in there first. So, um. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, but, it's, it's, it's another, it's another form of income. Um, and yeah. obviously, you know, the more people, the more fans you have, the, the more you're going to make, uh, in any situation like that. So it's, it's totally understandable. Um, but I initially thought as well. I I, I was thinking of um, his name. His name escapes me now. Um, but the the Tony Montana <laughs> of um, oh Mario. That's it. Yeah, sorry, Mario. Um, where his wife is talking about the chimps and 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 she says, doesn't she? Like that maybe she loves them slightly more than her own children. So at first I was thinking, oh wow, is Doc Ant all the same? Like is you know. Yeah, my kids ain't getting a birthday pie, but the chimps, oh yeah, they're having a party. <laughs> Where's the cake at? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, you know, they're all trying to do their own thing. Because with, with social media, that's key, isn't it? Because social media is going to be constantly making money throughout the year for them. Yeah. Um, it's it's, if, if they it's do... basically free promotion as well. Like, Yeah, because it keeps you, it always keeps you know, his zoo in mind, yeah. doesn't it? It's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, you're following him on Instagram. You're like, oh, you know. Exactly. And it's... Oh, we definitely need to go back back to Tigers And for, for, so... for fans of, of of his zoo or any zoo, it's a window into his world. But the one thing you find with kind of, uh, with Doc Antle is he likes to be in control. And obviously with, with yeah. this promotion, this style of promotion, he's completely in control of that. 
So it, just, it works out perfectly for him. Yeah, as much as we joke about him, I'm, I'm definitely going to follow him on Instagram. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Because like, I really want to see where it goes, but I don't want to do it until after I finish the series, just in mm-hmm. case. Like, Probably a good idea. Anyway, yeah, probably. So Joe's narration comes across. He's in he's in jail, um, and or well, still in jail. He's always in jail. Um, <laughs> he said it wasn't the zoo anymore. It was nothing but a big scam. Like referring to last episode where uh, Jeff and Lauren had taken over the zoo, stole it from him as uh, as one employee who I can't remember said that. Um, and it sh- then it shows Jeff and Lauren um, throwing balloons to tigers, and they're just going, you know, like the tigers are pounce upon the balloons, and they're like, oh, cool. uh, I mean, um, um, like someone says, um, I think it might have been Saf um, says like the whole dynamic of the park changed when, when Jeff arrived, um, like completely changed, uh, because I, I guess because to Joe, like Jeff at the time was this source of, okay, you you can help me win this. You can help me beat Carol. So Joe basically bowed down to Jeff and, like I think even Bhagavan says he he basically gave like Carol Carol was after the key to Joe's park, and Joe got Jeff in to stop her from doing that, and then slyly Jeff took the keys to the park. Um, so keys to the kingdom. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, keys to yeah. the kingdom. Um, so quite quite the uh, quite the game of chess going on. Yeah, Jeff was just like he wanted to kind of. He made some changes. He like built some like new uh, areas of the park that um, Joe couldn't afford, and he wanted to kind of keep it like a family friendly, fun kind of park. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got one of his um, one of his friends involved. His name was Alan Glover. Yep. And this guy been in prison, but like Jeff seen him as like a really hard worker. He was always kind of like his like right hand guy. I guess yeah. he kind of seemed like yeah, you know, if you have. If he has this guy here, he knows things will get done. Like, this is the guy you would go yeah. to. Um, I mean, straight away, as first impressions go, um, and this isn't, like, in any way, like, judgmental in terms of his past that they talk about in terms of his criminal past because, you know, people change. Um, but first impressions of this Allen guy, I, I don't get a good vibe. I don't know about you, but I, I just do not get a good vibe from him. Yeah, I mean, I didn't so much. Like, I mean, like, I was, I don't know. I almost didn't write his name down at all because I thought, oh, you know, it was kind of just like, you know, I thought it was just kind of a flash in the pan person on yeah. there. But um, after watching it a little bit more, I was like, oh, I need to mention mm-hmm. him. Um, and he, well, he, refer- he says that he'd pretty much never been to a zoo before. Like, and he has no kind of experience full stop with any of this stuff. So, Perfect guy um, for the job then. Yeah, he was like, yeah, let's get this guy. <laughs> I mean, and uh, was it like uh, Joe? I mean, just kind of thought he was like kind of employed to spy on him. But uh, we're going to a little bit more like in a bit. Yeah. Um, we meet uh, this guy called uh, James Garrett Garrettson. Yep. Um, and he basically Is he own- owner of a strip club or a strip bar or something. Yeah, yeah he owns like strip clubs, like more than one. Uh, some bars, apparently. Uh, and yeah, he just seems like quite quite a well off guy, uh, like a you know a business a business guy just like Jeff. But um, Joe introduced 
James to Jack. Yeah. Um, and was it uh, James basically said um, that they were not great friends, just friends. Uh-huh. Like they, he'd known Joe for 20 years. They weren't like, you know, they weren't great friends, but just friends, which I thought was a great way of saying it. It's like, he just seemed like there was like, it was almost kind of like a frenemies kind of thing going yeah. on. Yeah, you, I mean, like it, it comes across that he um, he perhaps doesn't think all that much of Joe, um, and perhaps their paths first crossed, maybe either one, maybe hey, maybe 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 James gets a free pass to the zoo, and and Joe gets a free lap dance. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe there was that. some some kind of deal like that going on. Uh, but oh, actually, I don't know if. if Joe would want a lap dance from a female. Who knows? Who knows? No, well, it depends what other club he runs, yeah. doesn't it? It's a, uh, well, I mean, bar. He might get like free advertising, or maybe he took some tigers to the bar. Maybe he met him that way for Maybe, lunch. maybe. Uh, so promotions and whatnot. Um, anyway, so Jeff talks James um, into giving him uh, fourteen thousand dollars to open a pizza place right next to the tigers in the park. Mm-hmm. Did you see what the name of the pizza place was? I just, I just saw Pizzeria. No, 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 no. It's got, it's got a name above it. I, I, I had to write this down. It's Go amazing. on. Zooters. Oh wow. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's quite impressive. I, do, I did not spot that. No. Yeah, I, I, I was like, I need to get back and make sure that was that. Yeah, it was a uh, pasta and pizzeria. Um, yeah, Zooters. Wow. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, that's um, clever. <laughs> and we find out that the meat from the meat truck, the Walmart meat truck that was uh, saved for the tigers initially, was used for the pizza meat and the stuff that goes on the pizza. To meat. save costs, save on costs, and uh, maybe to give customers salmonella. <laughs> it's insane. I certainly I mean, wouldn't us- want any pizza that had come from a a used meat from a Walmart that they'd dispersed of because it wasn't good enough to feed to the public like that that's really not good yeah but when you think about pepperoni like as in the packs that would last absolutely forever would it would it in 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 in, in, in that kind of heat um what these like kind of diced up like sausages packs where it's like salami and stuff like that yeah that stuff seems to be kind of invincible (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it just it's just in the fridge forever, and it doesn't ever seem to get like. But it's it, it, like again, mangy, again, mangy. it's I mean, like um, is is it, it, I think a lot of it boils down to is this one is this Walmart truck um, is it refrigerated? If that if no, it's no, then <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I I still I'm pretty sure they're not putting on their menu. By the way, guys, this has all come <laughs> from a Walmart truck of you know dispersed of meat um i can't imagine they put that in their menu and i can't imagine that if they did that people would buy it i mean pepperoni pizza is great like i i love me some pepperoni pizza um but i think even i'd be a bit a bit uh funny about actually eating that (laughs) why do they don't know about it but what's sad about it is obviously last episode they were saying about how there was like a lack of food for the animals overall and like this comes in at but, around the same but, time. I'm not. But I'm you've not... got to understand as well. By this point, Jeff's involved in in 
you know may, maybe maybe the food situation is for the animals is is better now i don't i mean i don't think so i think it's i think they are saving just as much meat i mean jeff's involved he's maybe made more but that's still like a lot of money a year to actually feed them is they're not eat, they're not eating like massive steaks no. are they they're going to be well, i mean they might be from walmart but <laughs> <laughs> i mean just maybe one between <coughs> six of them yeah um Anyway, yeah, like let's uh, let's try not to go there for food anytime. Um, yeah, so Jeff said that Joe said people don't come here to see the tigers; they come here to see me. So, <laughs> and at this point, it seemed like Joe was getting, you know, pretty big for his boots in in that sense. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's like one before... thing. One what it's like. Um, Joe seems to go from one idea to the next he ca- he can't seem to stick with one thing and be like okay this is my passion this is what i'm going to pour my heart and soul into and this is you know what i would like to do and carry on doing for the rest of my life um it seems you know if 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 it's not tigers and owning a zoo it's creating an internet tv show then creating a a um a reality TV show, then create, then create music videos, um, and yeah. and well, you, what what's next? Well, I'll tell you what's next. <laughs> <laughs> Joe announces he's going to run for president. Wow, um, <laughs> president! So this was in was it 2015? I think originally. Um, so he announced he's running for president. Uh, he ends up getting on the John Oliver show, mm-hmm. which is like an awesome show. If um, I've watched like bits of it, I watched like clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, seen clips. I've never seen a full show, um, but yeah, no, I haven't. I mean, I've, I've seen I mean, clips. He does cool like rants and stuff, yeah. doesn't he? Um, uh, and yeah, John Oliver is basically talking about the the candidates and stuff, and then he says like the third, like the you know the third party runners and stuff, the independent guys. And he shows uh, Joe's campaign video, and he shows like clips of it, and it's great. It's amazing. It's, I, um... I love the campaign video. I do think, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Joe Exotic for president. Um, the mm. campaign video is just it's it's a winner in my eyes. <laughs> like, just fantastic. Um, whether you you'd want after that that guy being your president, maybe not. Um, but then. Look who had look who they have now. Um I'm sure there's some that love yeah. who they who they have now. Um but just not me. Not me in my opinion. So this is what Joe says in the video. Um I mean it's cut like in the in the show, so it's probably not how he actually says it overall. Mm-hmm. But he goes I'm not changing the way I dress. I refuse to wear a suit. I am gay and I'm broke as shit. <laughs> I have a judgment against me from some bitch down there in Florida. <laughs> and this is all paid for by the committee of Joe Exotic speaks for America. It's <laughs> uh, it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. Yeah, it's it's so raw. Like I mean, it's like he's just putting that out there as like a shock video. Yeah, in and it's it's, it's, kind of, it's another mean... case of like I've I've said it many a times during these podcasts, but like what you see is what you get. And and that's basically what he's saying in that video. Like, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put on a suit and pretend to be, you know, some fat cat, yeah, big cat, fat cat. Um, yeah. But he, he's like, this is me. Um, I'm a, 
I'm an ev- I'm your av- I'm an average Joe basically, and I should be running the country. Um, average Joe. <laughs> but yeah, it's um it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. The the fact that he even is attempting it is just like wow. Like there's there's definitely um definitely an ego going on there with him. I just want one of those stickers, like the Joe Exotic for president. But I imagine after all this lockdown stuff is over, I'm going to be tripping over them in shops because yeah. <laughs> this is like meme. If that or this like meme crazy, stickers or so... like some pin <laughs> yeah. badges or something. I bet if I actually left the where I live, I'd probably be encounter some guy selling T-shirts of Joe Exotic. You know, just. <laughs> Just because there's that much hype around this yeah. show right now. Yeah, oh, well, um, yeah. I mean, you you could make a lot of money on merchandise from from this show, definitely. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, so yeah, we see um, we see that Joe gets like a ha- like a big head after this overall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we see a video of him like blowing up a tree and stuff, and he's like, <laughs> "That's that's how we take care of this." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, the Joe Exotic way. <laughs> and then we meet. You, you know that, like, the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure on that alone there would be people that would vote for him. Absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Just on on that one piece of footage alone, um, there would be people that would would be like, okay, this is our guy. He's going to get the job done. Well, it's because he has like no filter. He's just speaking everything and yeah. stuff. And as we've seen, that works in getting becoming a president of the United States. Most definitely, um, unfortunately, yeah, very much so. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah I'm, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. Um, so we next meet Joshua Dial. Yeah, um, he's uh, Joe's campaign manager and also former manager at Walmart. Uh-huh. Which is um, where he met Joe. Uh, so I guess Joe's yeah, yeah. shopping. Well, he, he, he was going in for ammunition, wasn't he? I believe he says. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is where he's, he was getting the ammunition for, you know, shooting Carol, the, the sex doll, <laughs> um, shooting water, shooting a bed, shooting a watch. Um, th- this is where he got his ammunition and, and, and where he met Joshua. Yeah, because he's like manager of the ammo section, yeah. isn't he? Um, so he, he actually, like, I think um, from what I've what I've seen of him, I mean, obviously this is like the first part of meeting him, but he he comes across as one of the kind of most like down to earth, kind of like real, like nice people in the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah, like him. Same. Yeah, I think he's. I, I just feel like, yeah, a lot of his stuff is kind of truth-based stuff. It feels like he kind of... It just seems the most kind know, of got... human. <coughs> like, if that makes any sense. Yeah, he seems... Like, just just nice. Like, like he, he can see, perhaps, some of um, Joe's downsides, but he also sees Joe as a person at the end of the day. Um, and, yeah, he, he comes across very, very likeable. Um, but not not in the same way that Joe was at the beginning of all this because of like Joe Joe came across as likable because of just his 
his absolute eccentricity um and his character um which obviously as we've said you know quite possibly was just quite a lot of smoke and mirrors um but whereas joshua he just seems like a down-to-earth nice guy yeah he he does seem like the first normal person we've met in this documentary overall i mean i i mean i would say the three there's three people in the documentary i feel like are just good people Mm -hmm. like Saf, Joshua, and Eric. I'm in agreement, um, definitely. Think... I'd say, I'd say, at this point, at least, uh, that they're, they're my top three. So the president thing fell to pieces. Um, obviously, I did think it was going to work out. I think he was mainly doing it for like publicity. Yeah, overall. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'd like to say I doubt that he thought he would ever actually win. But this is Joe Exotic we're talking about. So perhaps yeah. he did deep down. Um, but yeah, I think the publicity side of it uh, was probably a big factor as well. Yeah. So he decides to run for governor, governor of Oklahoma. Why not, um, eh? <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, yeah, he, he didn't want to wait for the change. He wanted to make the change. So... What a better way to do this than to hand out condoms with his face on them. <laughs> and my favorite bit is he's hand he hands them out and there's like a mum looking at it like with it with her daughter right next to her, like she's just like looking back and forth like this <laughs> condom. Like Oh, so cringe. Yeah. And we find out that he took Travis's surname mm-hmm. as well. Um, which was interesting. I I don't know if there was gonna be like some kind of triple barrel name. Um Overall, I don't know if uh, if John took Travis's surname at, at that point when they got yeah, married. Yeah, I don't know actually. That'd be interesting no. to find out. Yeah, I don't think they did. Overall, <coughs> I don't know. Do you reckon it was to say, like, "Oh, who's got the best surname?" Yeah, maybe. I mean, Joe um, obviously wasn't a big fan of his original <laughs> surname, which I still cannot pronounce. Oh, it's uh, I've, I think I learned how to pronounce it. I've, this is yep. my attempt. Schweivogel, Schweivogel. I think that's yeah. I think that's that's how you pronounce it. If I'm completely wrong, then I, I just send us an email. <laughs> Please send us an email. Tell me, tell me that wrong. Um, so the reason why Joe decided to become to run for governor is because he was opposed to this big cat public safety act, which he was completely mm-hmm. opposed of. Um, and obviously Carol and Howard were for it. Uh. Because it doesn't affect them. It's basically you can't have a big cat as a pet. You wouldn't be able to breed them. There was like, you know, super light laws uh, all about this. And also Doc Antle was completely against this as well. Um, because it's a big part of his business. You know, his bit, yeah, big part of his business as well. Um, so, yeah, like uh, they, what is it? Doc Antle ends up going to the places and stuff and like having like little Cup parties. Was it little? Yeah, little cup parties for you know the people. You know, like oh, don't vote, don't vote for this. Yeah, I, I, I think, like, you know, I think it, Carol so. explains it, doesn't she? Where she says like, um, once, once the uh, Doc Antle had taken these cats in uh, to meet these, I, I guess, um, government individuals or or senators, yeah, maybe. Politicians, I guess, senators, yeah. probably. Um, yeah. Once once they've done that and there's, like, picture evidence and it's been put out there in the media or social media, 
once that's been done, it's very difficult for them to then say that they are against it because then they become hypocrites. Um, so it's actually a very, very smart thing to do. Like Doc Antle is an, a very intelligent man. The man knows what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. And he's, I don't know, he's always, always one step yeah. ahead in this, yeah. I think. Um, he's, <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, like him and Joe are very similar, but also polar opposites, if that makes any sense. Um, like, Joe is kind of gung-ho in his attempt to stop people, whereas Antle is kind of, like, he re- he really periodically thinks things through and goes, okay, this, like, again, like, it's a chess game. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it, it comes across that maybe Joe isn't too great at chess, um, whereas Antle, like, he, he knows how to play. He's the chess master. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, are you outside right I'm now? I'm not outside, no. Because all I can hear is like birds and stuff in the uh, I do have I've got my window open. <laughs> like there's shit t- mate, there's like shit tons of birds lately. I don't know if it's because there's no oh. one out, but like obviously I'm kind of more countryside. There's a shit ton of birds about, man. Guys, we've got like another guest in the podcast, <laughs> Tweety's just coming. <laughs> Big Bird, what do you think? Well, guys, I really think it's a good show. Well, at least Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping this in. I'm keeping this indefinitely because I feel like, yeah, it, it it feels like, oh, they've they've put like a lovely like, track on the I, background. See, I was worried about you hearing my neighbours because they appear to be having a barbecue with like music playing. Like, like at the beginning of the podcast, uh, wow. there was your own personal Jesus playing. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, what if that comes through? But yeah, the the birds, there's just a, a ton of them about at the moment, man. Well, guys, we might even hear the police in the background at some point. So <laughs> <laughs> listen out for that. As these people should be social distancing, they shouldn't be holding barbecues. Very right true. Very um, true. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> um, Joe thought that the political stuff would lead to more traffic at the zoo. But Jeff overall thought it actually damaged the zoo overall. The it it went against him. Um and also he Joe put up signs in the gift shop saying that he was gonna run for present in twenty twenty. <laughs> this year. Oh my god. We could who knows? It's still That's early. It. That's it. Early might happen, we... might happen. Yeah. He might have a bit of a problem being in jail and all, but I don't know. It's... Is he still in jail though? <laughs> um, I don't know because I don't. I'm assuming it right now. He's in jail still, but we'll find out later on. I guess maybe episode um... eight is the big reveal. I'm running for oh. president again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> who? Who was that? Who was that? Man? Who's running for president? As well? He's in the room. <laughs> He's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Tweety. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so Jeff basically says, look, this park is not going to fund your political campaign. Let's get back to focusing on the animals, which is fair enough. I mean, it's a zoo. Like, I mean, Joe's completely turned his back on that zoo at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's, 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 he's found on... yet another new passion. Um, 
it it feels very much like trying to look at it kind of psychologically that um like trying to delve deep psychologically with it it feels like joe really just like i i think um i think the um the producer uh of, of his tv show um i i think he yeah rick, rick uh kirkman was it rick kirkman no it's Kirk, Kirk kirkham Ham. um well yeah kirkham like he said didn't he he said like joe is desperate to be famous like absolutely desperate to be famous um and it does like looking at it, like kind of on a psychological level um it really feels like Joe just really, really wants to be loved. Um, and perhaps this is another avenue for him to, to that he believes he can get that. Like, oh, the zoo's not working out now. Sod that, sod the animals. Um, you know, it's time for me to shine. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah, but without these animals, he would... He wouldn't be in no, no, stuff. Like no, be, exactly. But yeah. at this point, like Joe doesn't care about that. He is where he is now. He doesn't need the animals anymore. Hmm. Now, hmm. now, what he wants is he wants to take that next step. Um, but it does like though. Well, that's the impression I get. I get the impression that Joe, like he, he hasn't really found his place, um, and that's being very, very kind to Joe as well. Um, like I say, like the more I kind of find out and the more this goes on, it's like I, I, I get a little bit more disappointed with, with Joe's actions. Um, but yeah, that, well, to me at least look at, looking at a psychological level, um, it, it comes across to me and I, you know, I've not studied this by any means, so I could be completely wrong, but just my own thoughts. Um, it comes across that he just really, really wants to be loved. Um, and may, it, maybe he doesn't go about it in the right way. Perhaps he goes about it in the worst ways possible. Um, but I think deep down there's something there. There's a there's a hole. There's a hole in 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 Joe that 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 he's trying to fill. He's trying to fill it with like fame, yeah. isn't he? And... Yeah, fame, ad- adoration, love. <laughs> So Joe doesn't like Alan whatsoever. Uh, like the yeah, Alan Glover, the guy we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, the one that uh, Jeff got yep. in as his like little was it? Uh, yeah, his his like right hand yeah, man, Jeff's um, ex con friend. Yeah, and I realized this reason why is because up to this point, everybody in this park worked for Joe previously. So if Joe said something then, you know, they would take notice of Joe yeah. and stop. Whereas Joe, 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 this guy, Joe's Alan, the Tiger King. Yeah, exactly. This guy, Alan, comes in, who's hired by Jeff. He's not taking, like, any notice of Joe, full stop, is he? Because, like, he's not taking orders from Joe because he was hired by Jeff. Like, Joe's nothing. Yeah. Like, he's the, what was it? His job title was, like, the entertainment director. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's literally nothing to do with anything. Of Like, yeah, like there's a whole thing between them, and you know, he's you see like Joe kind of losing his shit talking to the staff and that. And then we see uh, Joe has a little bit of a problem shooting one of his videos uh, with some tigers, well, tigers and ligers. I think they're ligers actually. Um, 
And one uh, animal, <laughs> one cat, basically keeps on trying to go for his yeah, foot. Yeah, it's like um, like the the cat approaches Joe, um, and straight away is drawn to his feet, um, drawn to his shoes, um, and at first is like is like it's kind of you know playfully sniffing, um, and then yeah. it's like the only way I could describe it is if like you had like if you had a pet dog, and <laughs> And you put like a, a dog treat within your shoes, and you know dogs have an incredible sense of smell. Um, and obviously, dogs go absolutely nuts for treats. Um, and that's the only way I could describe it: is if if you if you had hidden like a dog treat in in your in your shoe, and were walking around like say your garden, and then you set your dog out and. and it's going to go straight for the feet. It's it's going to be sniffing. It's going to be like, okay, yeah, there's there's food in there. I you know I want that. Um, but yeah, the uh, the cat, the big cat, then just well, it it basically swipes swipes Joe to the floor, doesn't it? Yeah, and he like gets dragged along the floor with by the cat, big cat, and he's like he just out of obviously nowhere he kind of like pulls out a gun and fires like a shot like a warning shot it, you know it, it really and... scared me at first um like i i really thought at first that he'd shot shot the liger and that would at that exact moment i was like okay yeah like you've any remainder of kind of of liking towards Joe, I had it, it kind of just in a one foul swoop gone. Um, but then luckily I was like, okay, no, yeah. Like you say, it was a warning shot into the air um, to kind of just spook the tiger, uh, the liger, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, I must say at first, I, I thought he had shot the, t- the liger and um, yeah. The big, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. We're not, um, but yeah, that, that would have been horrendous. Um, obviously, you know, I, I guess you'd have to defend yourself in that situation. But I think he was he was hitting it with with his crutch, wasn't he? At first, yeah, he was <clears> hitting <throat> with his crutch, and then he kind of think lost the crutch. But then after that, like they, the the big cats seem like angry towards him. They're like kind of like proper like backs mm-hmm. up and everything towards him, and like they were gonna absolutely yeah. pounce. And he fires a couple more shots and stuff, and then you kind of see him like uh, go over to the other side of the pen, and like they're yeah. following him. And he goes into like the little river uh, that's around the outside, and I think he's just standing in the river. But he's basically saying he basically threatens to shoot the the cats right between the eyes, and he's like, "I'm gonna shoot you right between the eyes." Bitch. <laughs> like, um, and it was like, yeah, he and he's absolutely adamant that someone put something on his yeah. shoe to in, entice mm-hmm. those cats. Um, what what's 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 your cuts... opinion on that? Because I I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, it does, I can, it does I can definitely feel like because like Joe obviously has a, a relationship with these cats. Um and it doesn't mm. at least appear through the all the rest of the documentary that we've seen that at any time they've done anything like this. Um I mean, I guess the only thing they have done uh, was the situation with Saf, um, but that that came across yeah. that Saf Saf's arm was in the cage. So, yeah. but yeah, it does it it does look like there was a possibly a bit of foul play there. Yeah, I think so. But it was by who? It might. 
him, I don't know. I mean, it kind of almost feels like it's pointing at slightly at mm-hmm. uh, Alan overall, like him being the kind of like the new guy yeah. who's come in. Uh, but then I don't know. Even Jeff was kind of saying like, "Oh, Joe was being like a little bitch about this whole thing, constantly complaining about Alan every couple hours of the day." Yeah. Like constantly. I mean, I um, at this point, I'm 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 not very trusting of of. I mean, I I didn't feel very trusting of Jeff as it was anyway. There was just something about him, perhaps you know, perhaps what we spoke about before. Um, but yeah. yeah, like him and Alan now together and obviously they've known each other for quite some time. Like it almost feels like Alan was possibly brought in for a reason. And perhaps, perhaps this yeah, was the reason the... we, we need, we need Joe, we need Joe oh, out of the picture. I don't think so. I mean, it's weird because, he was being filmed in there, but none, nobody come yeah. to his rescue, like at all. Like, uh, and they were just filming him, like just. I mean, it was someone filming him. Yeah. So it's it's horrible because it's it was... it's it's kind of a play on a lot of society today. Um, whereas yeah. you know, like uh, there there could be a car crash or something, and sadly in today's society, a, a lot of people. I'm not saying everyone. But a lot of people would stand and film on their mobile telephones as opposed to actually going, this person might need help. Maybe I should go and try and help them. Um, so it's, it's, quite, it's quite a good play on how society is today. Yeah, absolutely. Like if there was someone who falls to the floor and starts like, you know, having a fit, half the people would probably, instead of ringing like, uh, you know, the emergency services, they would yeah. just film. For a bit, you know, just it's sad, really. It's very sad. So yeah, um, yeah. So it cuts to Carol, and Carol says, "You wouldn't use like cologne because, <coughs> uh, like, Joe thinks it's like someone put cologne on his uh on yeah. his shoes to you know cause the big cats." And Carol's like, "Oh, you wouldn't use cologne. You'd use sardine oil. Um, you know, something that the cats like because uh." With cologne, they would, it would make him drool. Yeah, which uh, that um, comment doesn't make sense to me. Like, which is obviously speaking from you know. Yeah, experience. but at the same time, <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, at the same time, like, so what would cologne? So cologne would make them just drool. So what they're just gonna drool? They're not gonna be like, what's that? strange smell like if those if those ligers or whatever type of big cats they are have never smelt cologne before then that's a brand new fresh scent um that's if it was cologne who knows what it was how do we know for sure it was i'm i'm not even sure what it means by draw i don't know if it kind of makes them i mean because imagine having like you know aftershave or something on that's like really potent like it you know if they obviously rely Mm -hmm. on smell it would probably kind of make him, you know, it'd be overpowering. All you can smell is like, yeah, yeah. I would think so. like it would make them turn away more than anything else. But either yeah. way, it's it's. Um, um, I think I I think personally, there's there's more to that situation um, than than we know about. So then we find out from Jeff and James that Joe's husbands have been sleeping around like the the park uh with people obviously not the animals 
Um, and <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we find out um, that Travis has pretty much slept with every girl in in the zoo, and even Joe's uh, other husband, John, had slept with uh, the receptionist uh, Amber. Her name was, and yeah. Yeah, and uh, Joe finds out because Amber ends up getting pregnant. And there was, like, yeah, like a massive argument because of that. Um, and you can understand, like, obviously, you know, <laughs> Joe thinks he's, uh, he's got everything he wanted in these two guys and then finds out that actually, you know, that they, then they're, it's more... Well, more likely to Joe, it probably comes across that they're kind of basically using him for all the gifts that that they that they receive off him, just as much as his possibly using them. Um, but yeah, you you can you can understand Joe becoming angry at this. Um, but yeah, kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean. But then you realize that it's kind of is a toxic relationship relationship. Um, I mean, Joe's buying John all this like fancy stuff, like uh, loads of trucks, uh, a was it like a, a, a rifle that's got pink camo on it? Um, yeah. And for Travis, he's basically just supplied him with like loads of drugs, like loads of drugs, even and John, I guess, as well, because um, they're both on meth. Um, and you can see from John's teeth that obviously is uh, he's definitely had a, a problem with with meth. Um, but yeah, uh, and it, it is it it very much comes across as a that kind of way of like almost like entrapment. Yeah, because they do seem. I know uh, Travis comes. It's weird because we see Travis in the um, in the documentary. Um, I would say for the first time since like the first time we've seen him in there, like there was like that little video where it's like him introducing himself. Uh, but this, this episode, this part um, is probably the first time we've seen him in it properly um, talking to the camera and he looks really agitated, like really. Uh, like de- depressed, upset. Um, yeah. Just manic. I, I, yeah. And well, they, they say don't, or he says that he's, he's not able to even leave the zoo. Yeah. Um, so it really does come up, come across like he's, he's almost there against his will. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, he just, he does say to, he says to uh, Joshua, he says that, you know, he feels like a prisoner. Um, and you see him at one point, like punch a truck and he's just like so angry and, he like I mean, really he, goes he, for that, doesn't he? Yeah, really, yeah. really. Like, I've, well, he punched it a few times, um, and it's just you—you you can tell it's an absolute uh, point of anger and frustration for him. Where he's just—I think at that point you can see that he's come to the end of his tether with the whole situation. And I think he says, doesn't he? Um, after he punches the truck, like obviously the camera's on him. And he basically says that that Joe doesn't listen to him. Like it, like it comes across like, oh, if I have a problem and I take it to Joe, Joe will listen for maybe five minutes, but then he doesn't care. Um, and yeah, he just, he just, he just looks like he's at his wits' end at this point. 
but again, I, I don't, I don't know if, if Joe is supplying him with the drugs, um, then obviously that's a form of control. Um, so Joe could as well be like withholding the drugs from him. He, Joe might have the drugs there and he could be saying, well, you know, you don't get it till Tuesday. Um, and that in itself for anyone that's, that's got any kind of an addiction, um, that brings on a frustration and an anger. Um, so it could be a lot to do with that as well. Yeah. It's like, a Joseph Dial, um, he says like this really good bit, which I wrote down the whole thing. Uh, he says, um, there are people out there, uh, they will look at a person in, who is in desperate dire need of something. In Travis's case, he was addicted to meth and they take that need and fulfill it until they become the only person who can fulfill that need. And in exchange, the person gives them whatever sexual or other favors they want. That's the relationship that Joe has with Travis. Um, so, it, I mean, it comes across like maybe Joe, as you said, like is kind of withholding stuff from him, you know, like say the drugs. It's control, isn't it? Yeah, maybe for, I don't know, like sexual favors and stuff, you know, like, I'm, you know, well, you're not... You're not going to get any meth until you sleep with me or that kind of thing. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's been a few um, shots in the documentary where Joe appears really affectionate, um, even to Travis at times. Uh, but Travis looks like he's like almost like cringing at it. Like it really comes across like I really don't want to be doing this. But yeah. obviously for his addiction and his need, that's his only way of, of, of like filling that hole of, of that addiction. Um, but yeah, I like, I've noticed that a few times where it's like, well, yeah, that doesn't look like a two way street or three way street even with those guys. Um, Travis just looks really, really uncomfortable in a lot of the scenes with Joe. Um, and any other scene where he doesn't look so uncomfortable, he looks absolutely off his head. Um, so again, that probably helps mask the situation is he's, he's just in a really vicious circle here. Um, like one thing feeds the next and it's continuous. Um, just a really, really bad situation to be in. And he's only a young man as well. Yeah. Like, he's 19. He's, you know, so. yeah. Like is it's not. You know, at 19, like when I was 19, I, I remember thinking, you know, like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. But all these years later now, I look back at myself at 19 and I think, well, you didn't know Jack. <laughs> like, you knew nothing. Like, life hasn't come and slapped you in the face yet. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I in this episode, I, I really, really start to feel sorry for Travis. Yeah, and also you see uh, John say that throughout school he was um just he always had girlfriends and it's, yeah he was straight yeah and um it's only since i guess maybe me and joe that you know he's kind of married him and uh i don't know i just feel like because they both because uh, a lot of people in the documentary a lot of the people interviewed they say oh they're you know both straight men um and yeah. they they were mainly like, just doing this because joe had that kind of drug hold over them it's like they're dating they date dating their dealer or married their yeah. dealer even um like i i've i've um i've seen since um and read since that uh john actually started out as just a normal worker at the zoo 
Um, oh, okay. So he he was like working mainly with the crocodilians, um, and I think it was somewhere within that time that obviously Joe struck up the relationship with him. Um, and it was obviously, as you can see, with a lot of the people that work there, they're not paid a lot of money. They're basically given bed and board, but their food is from a Walmart truck. So it's not the greatest food in the world because it's obviously out of date. Um, so I think there was, there was obviously a time with John uh, where Joe was like, well, you know, you, you can live a better life if you, if you do this for me and then I'll buy you all this great stuff that, you, that you'd want. Um, so I think that's possibly how that came about. And I've also read since that Travis um, was actually a cameraman. He started there as a cameraman. So I, I don't know whether it was with, I don't think it was with this documentary crew or whether it was um, uh, with, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, the, uh, Rick, the guy Rick Kirkham. Was, that's it. The guy, yeah, doing, doing the reality TV show or whether it was Joe, like uh, getting in a, a cameraman to film things. Because obviously we, we've seen there's a big YouTube channel for Joe um, with, like just so so much content um mm. videos from around the zoo um and all kinds of things um so i don't know if he was maybe hired for that and then joe just seems to see what he wants and takes it yeah and it's weird because like going back to i think it was last episode uh where we're discussing whether or not joe uh burnt down the studio slash uh you know crocodile crocodilian um, hot, I guess. I don't know. Um, uh -huh. it kind of makes you think that if if uh, John sleeping with Amber had happened before or after this, um, because it makes you wonder if Joe was angry and he thought like you know, you know that reminds me of uh, of John and I'm you know I'm just gonna burn it down like yeah as like like a, I, like a double if, fuck if, you kind of. Yeah, like if he did do it, if if Joe did start the fire, because uh, remember we were saying before, if he did it, like surely he would take out or, or move the crocodiles beforehand or do something like that. But like you say, maybe this was like a, a get back at John as well. Um, again, purely <laughs> speculation. Um, yeah, definitely speculation. Um, this crop, that's wow. That's yeah, the, a new low, like a new low. Yeah. If it if Joe did do that because of that. Um, but I, I just thought as well, once I, um, it was yesterday, I think, I, last night I, I read up, um, like it was about Travis mainly and about how, how he actually ended up there. Um, and when I found out, like he started there as a cameraman. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like I, I, I think that he started there as a cameraman. He was already probably smoking weed. Um, and then like Joe was like, well, I can get you even more of that. Mm. And then, and then it just progressed from there. It went from weed to, you know, these, these harder drugs. Um, and then he was really trapped because once you're addicted to something like meth, um, it's very difficult to come off of it. Yeah. I can imagine. It's just, I mean, I've seen Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then we move on to, I don't know, the most horrible part of the whole episode, I think. Um, which is basically uh, 
Travis goes into the office uh, and sees uh, Joshua there. And uh, Travis, at this point, like in the documentary, uh, he was... They, people always said that he would like point guns on people uh, and joke about, and you see a bit where he's on a... Um, he's just riding around and he's got like a gun and he's like pointing it at the camera as he's going past. It's on, uh, it's on like a quad bike, isn't it? Yeah. On the back of a quad bike. Um, and so, you know, it's a common thing. So Josh had always told him like, you know, don't point your gun at me. Uh, regard, you know, he always used to do it. There's a point, uh, a part where Josh says that, um, he would get woken up like with Travis, just pointing the gun like directly at him, which just, absolutely terrifying yeah like just, whether, whether even if it was a joke it's it just yeah yeah it's just yeah totally it's just you don't do that do you even it, I, I mean I, I wouldn't do that to a friend a colleague or anything like no it's just it's a, a step too far really um but as well um just be- just before it goes on to this next bit uh, we're about to talk about um you see travis um in a field and he's 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 got a cart a carton of cigarettes, um, and it looks like you know it's, there's one left, and he's got a gun in his hand. Um, Travis always seems to have a gun in his hand, um, but yeah, uh, he says to he says to the camera, "This this is my last cigarette before I die." Um, but again, like at this point, we've heard that Travis is a bit of a prankster. So even in the documentary, you think nothing of it. You just think, "Oh, he's a young lad." Um, you know, he, he's just being silly. He, he doesn't mean that. It's it's literally just a, you know, it's just that kind of angst. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and then obviously, yeah, we, we move on to that, that next scene. Plus, there's no guarantee that that was even on the same day or even the same month as like oh, that. No, I mean, exactly. it's probably around I mean, the same. It, it's like a Bollinford Columbine situation where stuff is told out of sequence to kind of seem a bit more dramatic. Um, yeah, I mean, it, fair enough, it could have happened. Time, but... Could have happened weeks before, for all we know. Um, but again, it it just doesn't state, does it? So, yeah. Um, so Travis walks into the office. He sees uh, Josh there, and he's like, "Freeze, motherfucker!" <laughs> and Josh is like, "Dude, you know not to point guns." Um, and Travis is like, "Oh man, this is a Ruger. There's no clip in it." You know, a Ruger won't fire without a clip. And at this point, you see Josh, like, it's told through the lens of a security camera in the office. And all you can do is, all you can see is just Josh just sitting there, just talking to someone. Um, and you can't see any else in the shot. Um, and that's when Josh said that Travis put the gun up to his head and pulled the trigger. And at this point, you see, like, a white flash like on the security camera and just pure horror and shock on, uh, on Josh's face. Yeah. It's, it's really, really difficult to watch. Um, I mean, again, like you said, you, you only get it from that point of view. Um, I would believe, and well, in fact, I know that, um, footage does exist of Travis being shot. Uh, yeah. or shooting himself um it's not out there no. um but i've heard in uh, one of the uh, david spade interviews um 
I, f- I forget who he was talking to, um, but one of them said, like, yeah, we've, we've seen the footage. Um, it does exist. Uh, because I think David Spade asked, like, you know, does that footage exist? And he was like, and the person he was talking to, I, they said, you know, everything was filmed in that zoo, everything. Um, right. And there were cameras everywhere, um, even within the offices, within the gift shop, everywhere. So that footage does exist. But I mean, I, even if that was out there to view, I would never want to see that. Uh, it's not something I would choose to look up and go, I really want to see someone blow their brains out. No, not for me. I'm sure there are some that would. Not for me, though. Yeah. Not my cup of tea whatsoever. E- but even just seeing from seeing Josh Joshua's reaction it's it's harrowing um and you can only imagine what that poor guy's going through even to this day because that's not something you get over um that's the type of stuff that sticks with you to the grave um and yeah it's just it is harrowing it's it's difficult to watch like it's like i don't know if you felt the same um but it almost feels like you're there. Like it's that powerful, the, especially the, the reaction of Joshua, just absolute shock and awe. And like, for me, it feels like it, that's one scene in this whole documentary series so far where it really feels like it brings you into it, um, which I guess to a degree makes it even more difficult. Um, but yeah, just horrible. Right. And horrible to think of anyone getting to that point mm. to actually do it. Um, I mean, I guess you could say, well, was, was he, was it meant as a prank? I don't think it would be. The only way I guess that it could have been meant as a prank and gone as terribly wrong as it did is if Travis was like high at the time, like possibly on meth, I wouldn't say on weed. Um, but on something like meth, then then you could say, yeah, he was doing it whilst intoxicated, thinking he was joking around and then just made the biggest mistake of his life. Um, but I I think it was meant. I, I think he'd... I think from the little we see of Travis, you can see that he's a bit of a broken man. Um, and that's that's just really sad for a 19-year-old to be at that point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was 19 at this time, because I know he got married when he was 19. I, don't know, I think it was... No, he met him when he was 19. Um, I did think that, though, like, when watching the doc, I did... That was... <laughs> when I seen this scene, it's just a long pause where you just just watching Josh and, like, his reaction and him kind of, like, you know, probably just shouting Travis, Travis. Um, and then just panicking, thinking like, what do you do? And he kind of like, because at this point, he thinks that Travis is just messing around with him. And if I was there in that situation, I'd think I'd want to go find out if it's a, a prank. You want to go see if that's all just make-believe, like, you know, all this, I mean, the blood off him and stuff. But then you f- feel like, but do you want to? Like, it's just so. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, per- I personally think that he knew. I think because, like, I don't know if you've ever been to a sort of like little gun range type thing. Um, but 
the sound of an actual weapon like that is very different to like the type of things you know you have as kids where you've got like a cap gun where it makes like the sound of like what or what you think as a child is the sound of a gun um but you you can imagine in an enclosed space like that office um the sound would just like bounce off the walls um and i think from the shock on joshua's face you 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 realize that he he understood what he just witnessed but i guess there was that there's always going to be that part in the, in your mind that that wants to think that it isn't real and you wish that it isn't real especially if you know the person too um so i think like cuz you see the shock and he takes a while to get up and that just that shows me that that is genuine shock and then he sort of it's like joshua comes to um and because it, it is, it feels like he's put in a trance by this. Um, mm. And some people do like when they, when they experience a shocking traumatic moment like that, but they say one of the key things of the shock is to freeze up. You like, you just freeze up. You can't move. You can't speak. Um, and yeah, like, like he comes to at that point and you see him just get up and sort of move out of screen. Um, but yeah, it's it's very very tough to watch, and I just I feel so bad for Travis, and I feel so bad for Joshua. Um, like for both of them, it's just absolutely horrendous, and and I I would say avoidable. The whole yeah. situation was avoidable, um, and it's just really sad that it got to that point. Yeah, this part of. I, was, I actually shouted at the TV when I watched this. I was like so in shock. I did not see that coming whatsoever. Um, yeah. It was just like, I kind of sensed something was about to happen. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, I can't, can't believe it. Um, you never think it's going to be that bad to you. Like, no. I, yeah, just, yeah, just tough. And I, I would imagine that everyone that has watched this, that would be their kind of, the scene that kind of sticks out the most in terms of like shocking them. Um, Just horrible. Josh says after this, he just leaves the, that's it. He's done with the whole thing after this. And he just, he can't go back to work there because, you know, it's just, just, you know, being in that mindset, just, okay, I'm in the office where this happened. You would never forget. So I imagine at this point, uh, the campaign was practically almost over anyway. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm not, it's it's kind of hard to tell in the timeline of events whereabouts this was, but it's just pure. Well, it, oh, yeah. It, it's strange, like, because Joshua, like, he, he comes across as one of the most level-headed people in the whole documentary, um, level-headed and just down-to-earth, um, nice person. Um, and it comes across that he really does like, he kind of feels sorry for Joe. Um, and he kind of sees that maybe Joe is, you know, Joe doesn't go around about things in the best way. Um, but a lot of people kind of take advantage of that. And I think Joshua had this kind of, like he maybe saw Joe as a bit of an underdog and wanted to back him. Um, and yeah, like even that must be so difficult because it comes across he really wants to help Joe, 
Um, but then after witnessing something like that, like you just you couldn't go back to a place like where you'd witness that because it would just it would draw that memory right to the forefront of your mind every time you went into work. You yeah, just like, you couldn't cope. You couldn't cope with that. Like that PTSD. Would just, yeah. It, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, after this, we move on to uh, the funeral, tra- uh, Travis's funeral, um, and Joe's there. He's given a speech. He's dressed in his here kitty kitty costume. Um, in yeah. his um, yeah, he's dressed as a cowboy with his like uh, the was it dog collar. Um, and he's just standing there like and it's at this point it's really hard to understand joe like really hard to un- i had to watch it with subtitles i found it really difficult to understand him on the spot um yeah he sounds drunk like yeah, what do you mean yeah yeah it's i a mean funeral um not even that though i i think this whole that the whole episode joe this is this episode is I think this is definitely breaking point for Joe. Um, yeah. And this whole episode, like obviously us being from the UK, um, sometimes, you know, some, some American like Southern accents, we might not be able to understand as easily as, as other accents. Um, but for the, for the most part in the documentary, like I've understood Joe's accent and it's, you know, I haven't really had any trouble with it, but this episode this was the episode where I had to put on subtitles because I just, he, he seemed really slurry. Um, mm. and just, yeah, he's not the same guy almost in, in terms of the way he spoke. But again, you can kind of understand that if, if he did really love Travis, um, which I, I don't know if he did or he didn't, I still can't answer that question. Um, I think he did. If, I suppose there must have been something there. Yeah, like, he wouldn't have married someone would have, otherwise. So. Yeah, and he would have just found the next young guy that come along. Um, but yeah, it you can understand that Joe would be distraught by this. Um, and especially in the way it happened, um, I, I suppose there's probably also a case of maybe that it would look bad on him. Um, like, because Joe... Joe does come across that way a bit um, that it's kind of like, he's the star of that show. Like, and uh, I think even with the funeral, like um, how he's dressed in his outfit, outfit from the um, Hey Kiki video. And he's, he's at one point singing or miming as we, as we know, uh, a song, um, which you, you just think, would you really do that? Like, would you do that at your spouse's funeral? Um, but Joe, what you get from Joe in this whole thing is Joe is a showman um, through and through. Like, he is an absolute showman. Like, and it is a case of, like, it almost comes across as, like, the show must go on. Um, yeah, he, yeah. He does, it does feel like it's kind of... There's a few people... Uh, who get interviewed about this and they do say it's kind of feels like it's just Joe like putting on the show on at this yeah. point. Um, and well, it's like his, we only, we don't find, we don't hear most, most of the speech he talks about, but the bit we do see, which is the bit that's kind of 
bit strange is obviously him talking about Travis's balls and how it made him feel happy and stuff. Uh, like he would feel he'd be writing a letter to I know the the state about something, and then all of a sudden Travis would come over, put his balls in his face, um, his uh, golden nuggets as. Uh, he liked to refer to them as, I guess. Um, I think he but, said at one point, um, like everyone's seen Travis's balls. Like uh, everyone in this zoo has seen Travis's balls. So maybe it was like a common thing. Like perhaps Travis would run around naked or something. I mean, you yeah. just don't know. It's a crazy place. Like some some crazy stuff goes on at that zoo. Um, but yeah, yeah it was um, not what you would or not what I would talk about at a funeral wouldn't be the no. story I would bring up personally, especially if, um, if the person that is deceased, if their mum was there, yeah. um, which she was, um, because she worked at the park too. Did you um, think that she was like, kind of, she looked like she was like gurning, if that makes any sense. Uh, like kind of yeah. her mouth was kind of going like a bit. I, I, I got from the, uh, from what we see of Travis's mum, I, I definitely, I, I'm no, I'm no expert, but um, I definitely think that she's also on drugs, um, and that is obviously, again, that's me just guessing and thinking that I don't know that as fact. Um, mm. But yeah, she comes across like you, you, if you've seen any kind of documentaries before on like uh, users of or abusers and users of meth amphetamine um you notice that they they get a kind of itch and they're constantly scratching and kind of it's like a i guess it's like a tick like a sort of nervous tick that comes along with it um and i noticed in like when she sat there at the funeral like she's constantly like rubbing her hands um and it just you know you can rub your hands anyone can rub their hands and it's a normal thing um but in the way she's doing it massively reminded me of like what what i've seen of of people that use meth um so yeah i i i think she possibly is on drugs too and i did wonder if that like that's why she's been brought in to work there as well like if if not only if joe wasn't not only supplying travis with drugs maybe he was supplying travis's mother too yeah i, I kind of to get that impression as well but um i don't know that's this is one thing that stood out so like yeah. if you were a parent of someone working at a place like this and i mean if you're a parent of someone you, you're gonna know if they're like spaced out on drugs and basically ruining their life wouldn't you be angry? You, you wouldn't go and work for that person, would you, that is, that is supplying that? You'd be angry at them unless they, that person had a hold over you just as much as they did the son. Um, so that really did make me wonder. <clears throat> I mean, it was a hell of a traumatic event, like your, your son dying. So I imagine even if she wasn't on drugs before, like, I mean, after this, she probably, it might have been something, oh, Joe says, oh, here's... Um, here's some meth to take your mind off things to, to make you feel a bit better. Um, yeah, maybe. No, no but yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe we don't know, do we? But I, I just can't see that myself, but playing devil's advocate. Yeah, maybe after, after the funeral, we see, uh, 
Joe doing this like kind of uh, feed thing where we see that he's put like a buffet. Uh, he's he does this apparently every Christmas and Thanksgiving. I'm not too sure if this is at the funeral or it might just be around Christmas or Thanksgiving at this point. Um, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, it looks like summer to me, but who knows? <laughs> um, and yeah, we see him kind of crying, tearing up about uh, putting on the food. <laughs> well, not putting on the food, just because of putting the food. But um, we also see uh, Travis's memorial that the local biker club helped build. Um, it was like a, what was it? Like a quad, it was two quad bikes on some kind of rockery uh, yeah. thing. Um, I, I think look- that was really nice. Yeah, I thought it cool. Um, yeah, Joe said he would go out there. He would like have a cigarette in the morning and just stare up at the clouds, and he would take pictures of the clouds because occasionally he would see like like writing in the clouds, like high, or he would see um, like a perfect angel, and just for proof. So he'd take pictures of the clouds just because he thinks that Travis is kind of communicating with him. Yeah, um, which is kind of a like that's kind of a natural thing I think for yeah, a lot yeah. of people when they lose a loved one um, that they they it's but it's whether they they are actually being shown signs or whether they are just they're looking for those signs they're looking for that and maybe maybe with Joe it was a bit of guilt deep down like and maybe him looking for that is like that's his way of of saying to himself that uh, Travis doesn't blame him. Yeah. Um, so again, maybe that's more for Joe's own conscience more than anything else. Um, maybe not. Maybe it is just, you know, that kind of classic thing of when, you know, when someone dies and you get these kind of like sort of subtle messages. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's even that's tough. Like, and I, <laughs> Again with Joe, I find I'm so on the fence with this guy. Like he is the Walter White of this show. He is that guy completely that you are in one moment you're absolutely despising him because you're like, Well, you've done this. Like you've made this happen. Um, you've ruined this guy's life. Um but there's no doubt in my mind that Joe's upset like extremely upset i mean there's a part where uh james and jeff don't believe his emotions and they think it's all just uh nonsense is like him playing up to the ca- like the cameras and that um using his like the death as an excuse uh at this point um jeff says that joe after travis's death joe completely lost it at this point um yeah and jeff decides to go off to vegas um to basically set up a thing called the jungle bus and it's party animals no not party animals <laughs> it's uh, a <laughs> like a party bus with animals which would probably ferry people from casino to casino um which jeff says is a terrible turned out it was a terrible idea which um i can imagine like having all these little like tigers and animals and stuff on there where around drunk people it just sounds like a recipe for disaster um, and super crawl as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Just not like a lot of the time. Jeff comes across as quite quite intelligent in the way he goes about things. Um, but yeah, this was a dumb idea, a very dumb idea in on, on many levels, more than just one level. On many levels. 
yeah, it was, I don't know. Plus you think like when the bus is stopping at like say traffic lights and that, like, it, you know, the, the little cubs probably rocking all over the place and like, you know, it might be like lashing out at this point. And as we found out that like, cubs can only be used for like what, uh, a couple of weeks. So he has to have a, a constant supply of, you know, yeah. usable cubs at this point as well. Um, exactly. Because and who if, knows if, what happens to them after that? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't like to think really about that. Um, but as well, like with, with the cubs being used for a, for a couple of weeks, it's, it's because like when cubs do reach a certain age, like you can't play with them anymore. It's not that they would kill you. Um, but it's the fact that their claws are uh, developed enough where it would, it would require stitches. Um, so you would, you would more than likely be hospitalized. Um, and especially if you're cuddling a cub, um, if that just has a little playful scratch at your neck or something, that could be incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. It could like, be a lot of lawsuits for old Jeff there. Oh dear. And that's what, that's exactly what Jeff doesn't want. Um, no. <laughs> so we, we see, we go into Joe's room and we see, we find out about Joe's Prince Albert Pearson. Um, and that he has like a wall with like like loads of locks on it that he uses on like his padlocks. Yeah, like padlocks uh, that he puts on his dick. And he's had a Prince Albert Pearson for eighteen years. Um, we wondered, oh, what's going on here? Um, not just find out about his dick Pearson, but uh, we find out he's going on a date uh, with a guy called Dylan, um, who looks, you know, remarkable. You know, quite a lot like Travis. Yeah, uh, he looks a, really a, young. A less oh. kind of stoner version of Travis, um, but still that kind of skate look. You know. Yeah, yeah, he does um, kind of like a skater, surfer kind of guy. So. Yeah. Um, um. So, yeah, like Joe definitely he does have a type on <laughs> on this, um, but as well, so soon after Travis's death. Like, yeah. They met in the chat room. Uh, Joe picks him up in a limo. They go out for like a, just a parade. Um, because I think this is around the time that Joe's, uh, he's on, t- on in the parade and he's, uh, you know, on top of the limo. I think it's that same day. Um, as far as I can tell. Um, yeah. Or around that time anyway. And we find out that Joe proposes to Dylan and Dylan goes, yes, you know, he doesn't want to waste any like these opportunities. And he decides to, you know, marry Joe. And this is two months after Travis's death. Uh, yeah. He invites, Tra- uh, Joe invites Travis's mum to the wedding as well, which turns and she out goes. just... Yeah, and she goes, because, yeah. you know, like, if you get invited to a wedding, um, yeah, like, I mean, it's... But she didn't realize it would just be her, like, tra- maybe, like, Dylan's mum, like, a couple of film crew, and it just seems just crazy doesn't it it's only a few of them even so. that though you say you say you get invited to a wedding you, you kind of you go but would you if if <sighs> if you had a child that took their own life because of this toxic relationship would you then go to the the ex's new wedding two months ian two months after the fact I don't think you would. I certainly I, wouldn't. 
when you put it into like that context, then yeah, I probably I probably wouldn't. I'd be like, are you taking the piss? Like <laughs> exactly, exactly. You'd, you'd still be grieving two months after that. It was. It doesn't just disappear. It's like a. It's a wound that just. Yeah, it's, it's just, just, it does not make sense. And that this goes more to that kind of theory of I I think that that Joe had maybe a little bit of control over her via drugs. Um yeah. that screams that to me. Um because otherwise if you weren't heavily addicted to a substance that you could only get from this person, then there would be absolutely no other reason for you being there. Yeah. Um, and we realized that it's because at this point, Joe's running for governor and he thinks it's, I guess it's a further opportunity having, uh, you know, the mum of your dead ex-lover, um, ex-husband, um, like be there and giving her blessing saying it's okay. Uh, that, mm -hmm. you know, her son's now, no, her, <sighs> Her son's ex-partner has now moved on, even though it's only two months later, because, you know, the average person who's reading the newspaper thinks, oh, you know, like, Travis's mum is okay with this. You know, I think I should be okay with it. It's fine. Exactly. I mean, you, you, you could put it, again, that this is another kind of tactic used by Joe um, to, to make himself look good. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, it it almost comes across to me like again pure speculation, but that perhaps Joe could have said, "Look, you know, you come you come along to this wedding, and and you will receive X amount of methamphetamine. Um, if you don't come to the wedding, if you refuse to, you'll never see me again, and you'll never get these drugs again." Um, and we, we don't know if Joe is giving them free or if he's giving them to a, to a, a discounted rate than what you would get on the streets normally. Um, but again, it very much so comes across as controlling. So it's election day and we find out the results. Um, we find out that Joe comes third and he gets 19%, 19% of the vote. Uh, the overall turnout was 96%. Um, it means he come third. Um, the main guy who won the election got 48%. So, I mean, it's still, he did way better than you'd think. Um, yeah. I, I'm not too sure the overall population of Oklahoma, but this is, there must be like a fair few thousand people who probably voted for him. Yeah, I mean, 19% isn't bad going at all, really, is it? Like, no. I, I mean, what watching this, like, us watching this, like we look at him and think, well, there is absolutely no way someone would vote for him. Um, no. But obviously, there's a lot of people that that saw something in Joe, um, rightly or wrongly. Um, but I think it, a lot, a lot with Joe again, it's that character, it's that charisma um, that that shines through, um, and that kind of I I am a normal guy. I'm I'm not one of these suits, like he said in one of his videos. You yeah. know, I, I'm not going to put on a pretense for you. I am me. This is me. And I will do good for people like me, i.e. you. Um, so, yeah, you can understand, I guess, why people voted for him. Um, but, yeah, 19% isn't bad guy. And it wasn't because of the uh, Joe Exotic for Governor condoms that he gave out to everybody. 
and those and those t-shirts where you, there's like a bit where you see like a little kid with like about six t-shirts in his hand <laughs> that, that kid couldn't even vote as well so <laughs> all that free merch all that free merch uh you must have so many of those condoms left over just like he's <laughs> like hello dylan <laughs> let me go put on my <laughs> let me put my joe exotic condom with his you face joe wear, you think joe wears condoms I think he wears his own brand, you know, that'd be like kind of a, <laughs> but then we find out that everything has practically fallen apart back at the zoo. Um, Eric and Saf are there and they're, they seem pissed off at Joe. Um, Eric says that Joe's just lost his passion somewhere. Um, that everybody thought that Joe's, cared about the campaign way more than the zoo. The zoo is just kind of falling on, you know, the back burner. Yeah. And like we see bits of the zoo and it just looks like a mess overall. Um, I think, it, I don't know, it's too much. It could be after like some kind of storm because there's like a lot of trees, just cl- uh, like branches and stuff just falling down. Like the, I mean, I guess it's winter as well. So, you know, it didn't look as green as it did previously. Yeah. It, it, um, it, it definitely looks like it needs some, care and attention yeah it looks like it's it's lacked any any real care at all but joe seems paranoid at this point like he looks he seems really off like really weird um and josh says that we knew something was going on um he was always a paranoid person throwing people out accusing them of being spies but the paranoia was not unfounded we found a microphone and an antenna on the top of his gift shop roof. That's when I knew something was seriously going on. <laughs> so they found like a listening device on top of the gift shop roof. Like, what do you think of that? That's pretty crazy end to the episode. Yeah, really crazy end to the episode. And it doesn't look like any like like small listening device either. It's like it's a proper antenna. On, yeah. on top of the roof so it's uh, quite visible um i suppose if you if you're not trained to notice that type of thing or understand what it is or if you just think oh some some people have been doing some work it's just something to do with the internet or you know it could be everything uh but yeah it's uh it's really crazy quite the cliffhanger yet again yeah, do you reckon it's something like Jeff's put in there to spy on Joe or do you reckon quite possibly um, Quite possibly, okay. um, but yeah, I, I, it, it's very hard to tell at this point. Um, but yeah, quite possibly, it could be something yet again to be used against Joe. Because by this point, you kind of realise that Jeff wants Joe out of the picture. Um, he he wants rid of Joe, um, and that could be the you know we know what Joe's like, and we know what Joe's like on camera. So imagine what he's like when the red light isn't on. Um, mm. So if he's saying things in there that he wouldn't normally say on camera, um, that could be a perfect opportunity for for Jeff to just take in everything from under underneath him. Then we find out the director says, basically uh, the director goes and interviews Jeff. And during this time, he has loads of phone calls from this one particular fed, federal agent over and over and over again when interviewing him. And he's, he thinks it's like really weird. And 
he basically says that uh, Jeff said that Joe's going down. It's over for Joe. Um, like, why do you reckon the feds are looking into Joe? Um, at this point, like, what do you reckon is going to happen? It could be anything, couldn't it? Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be to do with Carol. It yeah. could be to do with the way he runs this zoo. Um, and some of the atrocities that maybe have taken place there. Um, yeah. it, it could be absolutely, yeah, it could be, it could be to do with Travis. Oh, maybe. Um, it could be you the know? breeding of the animals, maybe, like, because I don't know if the law has come in at this point yet, or if, yeah, maybe, like, um, because that was, I mean, all, they, yeah, that was always legal, so there's a lot that it could be. Um, and for all we know, maybe it's an amalgamation of different things. Yeah, maybe there's lots of things um, that that people are kind of becoming aware of or hearing little whispers of, and and they need they need that kind of final actual piece of evidence to shut him down. Um, but yeah, definitely yet again interesting to say the least, and very much so makes makes you want to tune in to the next episode. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, if you haven't checked us out on the socials, check us out on the socials. Um, it'd be great to hear from you. Uh, just send us an email. Let us know how you're doing. You know, how's your day been? I don't know if we've said before, but like, if there if there's anything at all that that you'd like us to talk about with with anything we've missed, um, even from previous episodes, um, because like we said, there there is so much going on within this documentary. Um, so I'm sure there probably is something that we haven't gone over or we haven't delved into perhaps enough. Um, maybe it's something that you're, you know, if you're listening, you're shouting, saying, why aren't you talking about this? Um, then then email us and, and let us know and we'll, we'll happily go into it um, within the next two, possibly three episodes of, of Tiger King. Um We'd be happy to. Um, we'd, we'd really like to hear from you. Yeah, so send us an email to dot, 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 podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow, follow us on Instagram under dot, dot, dot. Uh, we're on Twitter at dot, 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 and then the underscore because, uh, I don't know, some, some ladies got dot, dot, dot for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're also on YouTube as well. We've, I'm slowly uploading the uh, episodes to YouTube. Um, so if you want to listen on there, if that's the way of listening to uh, to these to podcasts, then you know we've put them on there as well. Um, Do you know as well? Um, like I, I'd, I'd say as well um, for the email or or through the socials. Hmm. Um, if you have any suggestions on documentaries you'd like us to cover, um, obviously we won't be able to do. You know, if we got hundreds of suggestions I'm not saying we would but um you know if there's anything you'd really like us to cover and you know maybe it's something that that we haven't watched um which is it's always great to to do a, a podcast on a brand new watch um because a lot a lot of the the documentaries like like obviously we're quite big fans of documentaries so a lot of them we will have seen in the past before um but yeah if there's anything you'd like us to cover um, you know, throw some sh- suggestions our way, um, and we'd happily look them over. And and maybe your one could be one of the next next coming up uh, podcasts that we do. 
yeah, send us your recommendations or suggestions to what we should do a podcast on next. That'd be amazing. Um, and that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, goodbye. Take care and be safe, everyone. Oh. <laughs> Jungles. Jungle bus. <laughs>